Hey, this is Robin from Expat Diaries Podcast, and today we are super thrilled to be able to talk with um, Jeff and Lisa. Um, Jeff and Lisa are expats that are living in Costa Rica now, and um, their story is probably one of the um, most unusual that I heard, um, only because of the amount of time that you guys took to make such a life-changing decision. I think it was um, super fast. I mean, I feel like the slowest poke of all of them, but um, Lisa is a uh, health, wellness, and mindset coach. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. And um, Jeff is a property manager property manager for their three-bedroom or their three-room B&B that they have in Costa Rica. Um, so let's just jump into the beginning. So you guys are originally from Canada, and Costa Rica wasn't on your radar. Like, you're just living life, right? And then, so your business during the pandemic transitioned, right? Yes. Yes. And so let's let's start there. Okay, cool. Yeah. So um, during that time frame, uh, 20, 2021 was that time frame. And I had received um, an email just as everything transitioned where things shut down. Um, you know, we had to like, take our brick and mortar, personal training, health business, put it online. And I mean, it was a fairly quick transition for me. So there was no real hiccups in, in my business. So, um, it was, um, it was an eye opener to me because, you know, I was always looking, we were always looking for opportunities and ideas to do, you know, various things and, and whatnot. And, um, when the pandemic hit, and the business transitions i began to then sort of open my eyes to other opportunities and that happened like around in you know early 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 that year and then in may i got an email from a colleague who is actually living down here in costa rica he's on the caribbean side they bought a retreat, a yoga retreat um, property back probably about like seven years ago now. But he like always keeps in touch by, you know, putting out newsletters and things. And I got this email and it was about, um, you know, transitioning, like going from where you're at now and possibly coming down to Costa Rica and, and you know, what that all looks like. And, you know, and he tells his story. And then he says in the email, you know, if you're interested in an opportunity like this, I'd be happy to to have a Zoom call. So, you know, one one day, you know, in Ontario, this was in May, and it was like, you know, North Country Cottage trailer opening season weekend, and we were up there doing the thing, like opening up the trailer and at the park, you know. And I said to Jeff, hey, you know, I got this email from a colleague over on the Caribbean side of Costa Rica. And I told Jeff, you know, what he had said. And I said, do you want to like, you know, have a conversation with him about this whole moving thing? And I said, you know, because I've been really thinking like, why, why are we here now? Like, I mean, we can run the business online. We can do so many other things now we've proven that. And um, Jeff was like, he thought of, about it for like a hot minute and he was like yeah hey i'm on board with that (laughs) it was just so funny so you know after that after that weekend we booked a session with um with our friends and we had a call and so just keeping in mind on the timeline like that was like i got the email on the friday 
then Jeff and I talked about it at the trailer on the weekend. And then on probably like Monday or Tuesday, we were probably like hopping on a call with him around that time. And uh, he just laid it all out. He was like, you know, this is what we did. This mm -hmm. is how you know, it kind of works down here. So he started giving us the gist. And then after we got off, after we got off the call with him, Jeff and I looked at one another and I'm like, so like, do you want to put the house up for sale and get the hell out of Dodge? <laughs> <laughs> and Jeff was like, hell yeah, I do. <laughs> so um, literally with, you know, within that time frame that week, we got on the phone with the real estate agent. Um, we got the contractor in. So the contractor took two weeks to fix up the things that we wanted to get done. Then the real estate agent put it on the market. So now we're approximately into like week three. And then it went up on the market and it was probably on the market for less than five days. And we had um, probably somewhere, I don't know, there's somewhere between 45 and 55 walkthroughs. And then we had a bunch of offers and then we had a really good offer because as most people know that during the pandemia, the, um, <laughs> the market was, um, was crazy, like real estate wise. A lot of people in, in Toronto and the West End area were pushing out and moving into the suburbs and it was driving up the prices of the home. So to sell the home, it was like, it was just like a hot cake. Wow. So it was great. We sold the house. Um, we put a 120 day closing on the home. And in that 120 days, um, that's a long time. Yeah. I mean, that buyer was that open to that extended closing. Well, we didn't tell you this, but the funny part about that, those buyers where is tell me like the energies don't align or the planets don't align, but it happened to be somebody that Jeff knew in his network that he grew up with. So they, they were looking for a house to purchase. Our house went on the market. Jeff's friend contacted him and said, Hey, like, you know, my sister, my, I think that's your house on the market. Are you selling your, <laughs> my sister's looking for a house. And sure enough, they ended up actually being the buyer of the house. Oh my gosh. That's awesome. Crazy. So yeah. And well, during then this time though, during this time, like, are you guys like just online every day, just researching everything you can about Costa Rica, like just gobbling up as much info as you can. I was on the University of YouTube day one. <laughs> when you were up in the trailer, you were on the University of YouTube, weren't you? That's right. Yeah, we were. All, <laughs> it was so it was so quick with everything. Is from what Lisa was just explaining from you know getting the real estate agent in, getting the contractor in, and we had you had mentioned at the top of the, of the podcast that Costa Rica it was on our radar essentially. It was on Lisa's radar for many years, but we neither one of us had ever actually been to this country. So it was very it was not only was it not really on the radar, it was put on the radar in fast paced mode and we got right on it. So yeah, it was it was quite the transition, very quickly, very unconventional as most people can attest to when they come to a place that they're gonna move to, they usually they usually have a little bit of a longer timeline. So, so then, so then the house sells to the friend, you got a six month closing on there and then what's your next steps? So, um, we had, we had approximately a hundred and 
120 day closing. So we closed sometime, I think it was in June to July, August, September. So we only had three months. Okay. So in, in three months, Jeff, um, Jeff turned our house into Walmart and he, he can probably explain this the, <laughs> the best job. You go ahead and tell them about, <laughs> about your, your sales job. Yeah. So it was, I was referring it to as a, as a mini Walmart out in the front lawn of our house in the garage. Cause what we had essentially done was if I had to break it down, we probably donated about a third of what we had. We sold a section of it off and then a lot of it was just, if you want it, kind of take it sort of thing because it was in rough shape, whatever the case may be. So with that being said, I was on the Facebook marketplaces, the Kijijis, and I literally had people, as I was in the front organizing, doing my thing, people were driving in as someone was leaving, purchasing stuff from us because we were, we were selling it cheap so we get it get rid of it you know that kind of thing so uh that was part of the process and we were also on the 120 day timeline mm -hmm. so we wanted to get everything let's go 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 and that's what we did so so you got all the way you did your 120 days did you stay in canada during that time or did you come down to costa rica and visit no we stayed we stayed in ontario and um we just pushed through to do and get rid of all the things that we needed to get rid of pack up what we needed to do and then um i think probably the last three days before so we closed the house the owners moved in the last three days um before we left for uh costa rica we lived at my mom and dad's for a few days with <laughs> with everything and then um and then on september 15th 2021 we flew down to Costa Rica with um, with three dogs, um, about six large suitcases, uh, lots of carry-ons. We had traveled at that point in time with um, six or seven Home Depot crates and um, and an extra human being actually, just brother. Jeff's brother came with us so that he could um, he could carry one of the dogs on nice. um, to the on the plane at that time because they weren't doing dog cargo um, right. during that time frames. Well, and I'm sure they probably wanted to make sure that you hadn't lost your ever loving mind. Yeah, yeah. Brother, brothers coming to check and go, oh my god, these people are crazy. <laughs> okay, so you come down and like you had you hadn't even decided yet had you where you wanted to live like what part of the country because there's just so many different I call them ecosystems like so had you decided? No, we, we didn't actually. Lisa's work colleague who we initially got these ideas rolling through our head. He lives in the Caribbean side, as Lisa mentioned, in Puerto Viejo. And when we started doing our research, we you know we're looking at the heat the different types of dynamics that the country has, which there's quite a bit salt air, that kind of stuff. And then the Central Valley came into the equation. And once the Central Valley came into the equation, I started looking at various expat Facebook groups. and started doing Q and A's, looking at this and that. And I read one of the ladies' responses to a question. I don't remember what it was, but she answered it quite well. And she was living here for 15 years at the time. Da, 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 da. And it turns out that this lady was selling a home with a B&B &B attached to it. I reached out to her, we stayed with her for a month and we ended up buying her place. That's nice. I mean, that's amazing. So you're in Alueta, right? 
Alawela, sí. Yeah. Yes. Okay, perfect. Um, and and I know that you guys, the place that you guys selected, um, you guys are up in the elevation. Where are you guys at right now? What you, What's your elevation? Uh, 1,227 feet or 4,000 meters. Okay, so you're up where, yeah, the temperature is nice. Do you have, do you have to have AC? No AC, no heating, obviously. It's great. And, and the big the big reason for coming up here for was because of that, because right. we have the three little dogs plus just ourselves in general. So when we when we look at places like Puerto Bahia or the Caribbean sides or hotter, beautiful, nice places mm -hmm. during the daytime, it's just too much. You know, it's too, the dogs can sit out in the back. We can sit out in the back and it's very comfortable. I think the average annual temperature here is 73 degrees. Nice. Yeah, beautiful. Well, you get into during the daytime. It's it's hot time now, and it gets up to the low to mid 80s, mm -hmm. and then it drops down to the high 60s at nighttime. So it cools right. right down. So it's really nice as far as the climate goes. Yeah, perfect, perfect. Okay, so you came down, you bought this house with the three room B and B, and then it was just perfect when you moved in, and you're like. This is perfect. I love it. Let's just, I mean, I can hang my pictures on the wall and we're ready to go. <laughs> not, not quite. <laughs> what you're referring to is how, what we were thinking after we had purchased it. Okay, we're going to make this perfect. We didn't have that right away. It was actually quite the opposite. It was certainly something to be desired. <laughs> to, to look at it, to go, wow, okay, are we going to, is this what's happening? I guess this is what's happening. So yeah, it was, uh, it, was, it was in rough shape. There's no doubt about it. I mean, the area itself is up and coming, but it's mm -hmm. older homes. And this one was no exception. So from the front to the back and everywhere in between when we got here, it got touched to some capacity, whether it was a new roof, new bathroom. Cosmetically, it needed to be refit, you know, painted and there was a lot of a lot of TLC put into it but I won't call it perfect but we're getting closer so that let's just talk about that because I know we haven't chatted about that yet so tell me about your I would assume for some of that you had to have contractors uh -huh. for a lot of it you had to have contractors so what was that experience like because I know a lot of people if you're looking in the groups they're like okay so what what do I do if I want to build something what if I what if I need some help with something what is that experience like and I know that like in the states what we're used to well right now if you're a plumber, you're literally God Almighty. But, you know, getting getting those contractors to come out, finding the one that is reputable. How did you find those people? And and one of the things that people who haven't made the, the move yet or haven't even made a visit yet do not understand um, what we refer to as Tico time. Right. And it's a real thing. And obviously, if you're not from or you haven't been to Costa Rica, then Ticos are how they refer to themselves, the Costa Rican people. And their time is a lot more fluid than what we're used to. Um, we're very, you know, we live in a very stringent, you know, he said he was going to be here between nine and 10. And manana does not mean tomorrow. It means sometime other than right now. That's right. And so tell me about that experience with the contractors and getting the work done that you needed done. Yes, that's a great question because that's a challenge. And that's also a concern for a lot of people before they come down here. We're no exception to that. Even though we, we flew in and did everything quickly, we had to look at all of these scenarios, especially when we got to this place and it needed work. So in our case, we were very fortunate that we, along with the house, we inherited uh, a, a cleaner and her husband, who is the resident handyman. Nice. And they're great. They're great friends of ours to this day. And with Jonathan, we call him JD, he had connections. He's from the area. He knows 
who's who, this and that. So he was the one that lined us up with contractors. And it was great because he's in the, he's a Tico, but he's also got this, the mind frame. He knows he's Tico Canadian. So we have that relation. So he also knows how it works in the sense of, you know, trustworthy money chain exchange, all the, all the stuff that people are concerned about and should be concerned about. He was able to deflate that anxiety for us instantaneously. So no matter what the, the job was, he, he knew somebody in that field whether it was a plumber, electrician, and or both kind of things. So looking at it from the perspective of somebody coming down here, the challenge is, especially if you don't know anybody, is to find that connection. Now you can use us as a connection, at least for our area, because we know now we can look at bringing in and doing the job and getting it done. Whether it's seco time or not, you know, that's one thing. But the job will get done and – in our case, we never got, you know, swindled or, right. or milked of money. There was none of that going on. So you hear a lot of the horror stories that happen to people, and they do happen, but you have to do your due diligence, keep your head on a swivel, and you'll, you'll find the guys. Right. And I'm going to tell you, like, not to be, like, segmenting Costa Rica for those issues. I mean, I have a building in the United States that we purchased and were um, having to um, reformat for what our use was going to be. And I'm going to tell you that, in the u.s like my first contractor like i couldn't get him to move off the needle like he had tico time he uh-huh. tico time was working from i think 9 p.m until 11 p.m every night it was the only time he ever worked on a project and we had a we had a more stringent schedule than that i fired him the second contractor was showed up every day was a bit inept and we had to help him with a lot of projects and bring in some people that were a little bit more expertise but then even in the end like i had to go okay i'm done with you as well and then we finished the project ourselves so it's not just that we think that um towards people that are in another country we have the same issues here it's just that i have enough connections in the united states to make two or three phone calls and get somebody else to come in and do a thing whereas when you're new to the country like costa rica you don't necessarily have that infrastructure built in yet Absolutely. And the, and the misconception for a lot of people is that it happens on the regular when that's not the case. Mm-hmm. It hasn't happened to us once. But the reality is, is even if you're leaving a country like Costa Rica and going up to North America, you're still vulnerable to these fly-by-night companies anyways. So you just have to make sure that you get in with the right crowd, you, you find out the right information, and you'll be fine. Right. You know, you don't let it block you from wanting to, you know, if it's a dream of yours to get it done, you can get it done. I agree. So um, I know you said that you brought three pets with you. Was that pretty easy? Did you just have to vet them? And and then like, so you got all of your vet papers in Canada. And then when you came down, bringing them in was easy? Yeah, we, um, <clears throat> it was a, it was a fairly easy process. We had to do we used a we used a relocation company, um, and she she helped us with um, you know getting the right paperwork and everything. So she's she's actually American, but she's based here in Costa Rica. And um, so when we we paid for her services, so all the like nitty gritty things, mm-hmm. um, they always made sure that we were updated on. So they would they sent us all the paperwork, and then. Um, we take that paperwork, we took it to our vet and um, they filled out all the, the necessary things. They did the, the shots and the vaccinations that were required to get into Costa Rica. And then um, we had to get the paperwork approved by the, um, I think, 
I can't remember the name of the government, what line of government it's under in um, in Ontario, but we had to take it up to, to them, get that stamped of approved. And then it was good. And then when we arrived here with the pets, um, we just passed the paperwork over to the, it wasn't even immigration. It was actually um, security and they, they checked it off and, and then we just went through. So that was a fairly easy process when it came down to, to the three dogs. And then how have they adapt, how have they adapted? Um, really well, really well. Like I would say, <laughs> you know, they arrived here and it was just like, Oh, okay, we're, we're here now. Great. And, and you know, and, and then that was it. I mean, we keep them very, very well protected in our, in our back, area it's enclosed in and and um you know we just we just don't recommend like if you're bringing your house pets down to you know just let them wander around and and not be enclosed in somewhere where you can keep an eye on them because there's lots of you know special <laughs> special creepy crawlies and and things you know you just gotta you gotta be very 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 careful with with them uh that they're not you know licking something they shouldn't be licking or you know attacking something they shouldn't be attacking you know or whatever the case the cases, but yeah, they adopted, they adopted quite well. Nice. Um, I would say the, probably the biggest thing is the thunderstorms. They're not used to, because we get vicious, you know, mm -hmm. um, thunderstorms down here. So, you know, they weren't used to those types of sounds. Um, but I laugh because we, since we've been here, we adopted, um, we adopted uh, a Chihuahua and uh, he grew, he, we got him when he was a baby. And uh, the thunderstorms don't even phase him. He's just like, you know, a complete Tico, right? Like he just yeah. <laughs> just fits right in. But the girls are all like, oh my God, what is that? You know, freaking out. <laughs> it's funny because I, I come down and house sit for a friend of mine. Um, she's down uh, towards uh, Ochal. And she brought uh, some pets with her when she came from Virginia. Um, one was a, um, oh my gosh, it's like, um, like a golden retriever, but it's red. Um, his name is Paco. He's passed on now, but, um, so she forgot to tell me, like I, I had dog sit for her a long time, but I don't think I ever had like a horrific thunderstorm when that happened. And when I was there, like, I mean, we'd have rain, but nothing crazy. And so like, he was losing his mind and I'm like calling her, she's in the States. I'm like, man, Paco's losing his crap. She goes, are you having a storm? And I'm like, yeah. She goes, get his thunder jacket, get his thunder jacket. And he's a big ass dog. And I'm wrapping this. I'm trying, he's wet. He's pissed. He's like, whatever. And I'm trying to wrestle him to the ground. I'm the only one there. And, and, and I'm laying on my back with this dog laying on top of me and I'm just holding him with my legs so I can get this thunder jacket wrapped around him. So he'll be calm. He's on his hind feet and he's just screaming, barking at the thunder. And then I, then I had to take him upstairs and put him in a bedroom and seclude him. But I'm like, that would have been a nice heads up. You know, it was funny, but that was the first and the last time I'd ever experienced um, that with him. But he did so good. Once he had his thunder jacket on, he was good to go. What is a thunder jacket? It's um, it's a weighted, it's weighted. It's almost like a, um, a weighted blanket if you've had those in Canada. And yeah. it, it feels like someone's hugging them. So it straps on, there's Velcro that comes around the neck and then there's Velcro that goes around their waist and it's weighted. And so it oh. just keeps them soothed like someone's holding them. Oh, wow. Wow. Never even heard of that. That's amazing. Yeah, it was. That was a fun time for sure. Um, and, and that you adopted um, when you get there is amazing because just about everybody I know that comes down to Costa Rica has adopted or fostered pets once they're there. I mean, it's just a thing, right? I mean, um, even over on the coastal parts, there's just, you know, dogs in the shelter and um, they need 
someone to love them and take care of them. And, yeah, you know, they're going there's yeah. certainly a lot of them out there. For yeah, sure. I think the biggest thing for our dogs that we brought down from Canada, I know for me, I used to have to shovel our backyard when it snowed. So that during the wintertime, I'd have to, because they're tiny dogs. Right. So if there's snow, they ain't having it. So right. daddy's out there doing daddy doggy duty care. <laughs> the shovel. So that's, for me personally, on a selfish front, that's a, it's a good thing. Well, it's funny because <laughs> we have a chihuahua. Um, and she's, uh, she's old, old, old. And, um, she's got the smallest, like if you go out and have wings for dinner, her legs are smaller than whatever it is that you was on your plate. That's how tiny her little legs are. And it has been down in the negative numbers in the States, um, uh, where our home is for, gosh, it was like, an, it felt like an extended period of time. I think it was for like a week. And finally, like there was just no way she was going outside. And I didn't, I was afraid for her to go outside. So we just put pu puppy pads down in like the bathroom is off the laundry room. And I'm like, look, I don't expect, I'm not going out there to do my business. And I don't expect you to either. <laughs> and so she was like, thank you so much. She, when she finally like found there was a puppy pad, she's like, I'm, I'm grateful for all of this. Cause we had to close off their doggy doors because that comes into our garage and it was bringing so much cold into our garage. And I just had to close those doors off too. So we were having to take them in and out. So I get you 100%. So one of the things, um, as we talk about vibrations and energies aligning and Jeff, I know we talked about the things that you did, um, as, um, as your livelihood when you were in Canada. And, um, I just can't help to think that all of that was all of those touches in your life were preparing you for where you're at right now and what you guys are doing right now. Not non-intentional. Yeah. It's kind of, it's funny and crazy. It's really crazy at the same time, because when I look at from where I, you know, I was years ago when it started, I was a military guy and then I transitioned uh, into cooking, not in the military, but I found a, a love for cooking while I was in the military. And when I, when I got out, I went to culinary school. My sister and I opened up a small 40-seat restaurant, you know, town near us, and converted into catering. And then as I was doing that, I was also doing property management for a company out in the West End. And so... All these things that I'm doing, which I did enjoy doing, I just wanted to do it on my own more so than anything. It all came to be in Costa Rica as, you know, we leave one place where I'm doing it and now I'm here. So Lisa and I talk about it all the time. It's kind of a joke. And she always says to me, well, I mentioned this to you before, she says, don't you just love that you get to do what you love to do? <laughs> And yes, always, yes, it's great. Well, so we believe well, that's our philosophy, though. We, we, that's what we believe in, right? Like yeah. you have to be fulfilled and do what you do what you love, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. And I'll tell you that. Um, so Jeff is not mentioning it, but um, the B&B really is kind of your baby, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. So from property management to guests and then cooking for them. Yeah. Yeah, sorry, I was gonna follow up with that. So yeah, we when whenever we have guests in here, that's my that's my bread and butter, pun intended. Uh, when we have guests here, and it's not just breakfast. If they want to have other meals, lunches, and dinners, they they have that option as well. So everything from that to organizing their their trips. Essentially, if guests are coming down here, we have two types of guests. We're in a hub area because we're only ten kilometers from the SJO airport right. have people that come in. If they have a vacation here, they'll come and stay with us for a night or two. 
They'll go off to their destination. They'll come back and stay with us for a night or two before they fly out. Or we have guests that come in quite frequently who want to see the Central Valley. So we recommend and suggest places that we've been to. It's on our website as well. So we can point them in the right direction for anything from coffee tours to rescates, rescue centers for animals. There's uh, zip lining. There's down in Haku, you can go ATVing. There's rainforest tours. There's all kinds of things that we... Yeah we can recommend for people. So that's all part of the fun when we're here because we've done these things. So we, we know the things that we like and the things that we can pass along. So what is your favorite Costa Rica activity? Whenever you guys have free time, you don't have to work and you don't have guests. What are you doing? Okay. I have to say like, we're big, um, we're big like nature people. So we love, we love hiking and we love, you know, exploring like new areas around, um, that provides um, that outdoorsy, challenging <laughs> hiking feeling. So we've done quite a bit of places around, you know, probably probably within the 90 minute um, 90 minute like range. Um, you know, anywhere where we can, we have a we don't drive here in Costa Rica. We're probably going to get to that, but <laughs> um, we we do have um, we have a driver. So we have somebody if we want to go somewhere that you know is further than what we would pay to do an Uber, as an example, we hire him for the day or whatever. And then he takes us out to the destination. And because he's become such a good friend of ours now too, um, he, he'll usually just come along with us and go for, go for the hike for the day or whatever the case is. Um, there was one particular area that we have gone back to multiple times that is sort of almost a bit of a hidden gem. It's called, um, it's called uh, Blue Falls. And uh, it's it's absolutely incredible. Um, I can't even I can't even like even draw a picture. Like you have to go and see Blue Falls. So it's like multiple. I was making a note. I'm like writing it down because I haven't been there yet. Yeah, it's absolutely incredible. And um, we've been there multiple times. Like the owner knows us now and stuff. And uh, we'll go off and we'll do the Blue Falls hike. And there's you know different multiple trails. I think there's like seven different trails on that one. And um, the, just the beauty <laughs> of the falls and getting into the water. And um, I always call it like the cold plunge. You just, you know, just get right in there and do a cold plunge. It's just so refreshing and amazing. Um, but I would say like right now, that's probably one of our, our favorite spots. But we have seen some pretty beautiful sights um, around within like that 90 minute range of Central Valley. I like um, one of my favorites that I've probably gone back to several times is Nayaka. And so we'll, we'll, if you haven't, have you been down to Nayaka yet? No. So it's a, so the hike in is a few kilometers. Nice. And it's, it's a class four rapids. If you would like to rate it like that, that hike in is pretty intense. Um, but when you get in there, there's a double waterfall. So, and it's big, like it's super wide. It's not one of those little skinny ones that comes down another skinny one. It's like a big fat at the top and a big fatty at the bottom. Um, and it is just gorgeous. And literally from you being so exhausted from the hike and hot, and whatever, just like that, jumping into that cold water, like you forget all of the pain that it was of getting up to there. It's so beautiful. So I've taken, every time we come, I probably, I try to go there. Uh, if we if we have guests with us just to have them experience that we came up with that group one time and there was probably 12 of us and a, i was probably one of the oldest women there there was another woman there that was older than i am and then like my daughter-in-laws and family members that were younger 
And I told all of the girls, I'm like, look, this is not a place to wear booty shorts, right? Wear some stuff that will cover your thighs because you're going to get sweaty and you're going to get dirty and your thighs are going to get chapped. I don't care. Even if they don't normally touch, they're going to. You need to have some longer shorts on. And I brought them all. I'd gone to, I'd gone on eBay. I got all their shoe sizes and I got on eBay and bought like a pair of used Keens for every one of them because they would probably have been, you know, hiking in their Adidas or whatever. I'm like, you need some closed toed um, Keens to hike in. So I, I got, so I brought everybody's shoes and um, I'm not kidding you. Those girls showed up with their stupid booty shorts on. <laughs> <laughs> I just laughed at their silly asses. <laughs> I'm like, okay, let's talk when you get on the bottom of the hill. And we've got some panelito that you can use when you get to the bottom. It's like di diaperine for you to put on your chapped thighs because they will be. Um, but another place that that we that Brian and I went to, and then we went back again um, in Tianis. If you go up to the top of that one mountain, that one skyline, I don't even know what it's called. We just got all the way to the top somewhere and there was this, these th this gate up that you couldn't go into, but we walked underneath it. Someone had started building a resort up there and then they had stopped like years and years and years ago. So there's these concrete pillars and, and um, driveways and stuff. And, and if you get right up through the right spot and you get up there right about sunset, you can see the sun shining off of the ocean from up there that it's that it's that high and the, the it's that clear all the way down to and I'm not even sure where it's at like in in you know what portion of the water you're seeing um but it's just gorgeous i mean we we go there every time too cuz it's just so it's just abandoned nobody's done it. if they may have done something with it now but it's been a couple of years ago nobody had done anything with it and there was rock walls mm -hmm. they had done so much work there and then they just they found out that it was i think the story was they found out it was in a conservation area and couldn't complete it uh, you said that was in a tennis, right? Mm -hmm. I know, I know where you're talking because Jeff and I have been through there to drop friends off and stuff. And if you look straight up that mountain, you can see that broken down right and it's, place. It's paved road all the way up to there. So it's not like it's a crappy drive to get up to it. Yeah. Then you just have to park on the side of the road and go under the little chain. There's nobody up there. Just mm -hmm. go under a little chain and just walk all around that property. Yeah. It's amazing. Wow. Yeah, oh, they, I had no idea that's what somebody about. sold this guy a foreigner that property he did all that work before somebody came back and went yeah well that's as far as you can go you can't do anything else here oh my god but that's the stuff that goes on here <laughs> I mean I can tell you it looks like millions of dollars worth of oh, oh. into it oh <laughs> okay so let's see here um so big question what about Costa Rica has surprised you the most like it was an unexpected bonus besides the blue balls <laughs> Hey, Jeff, go for it. And just for the record, I didn't wear any booty shorts when we did the hiking trails of Blue Falls either. <laughs> oh, I, I know. Damn. All right, you're so smart. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even own booty shorts, though. I'm, so. I'm still remarkably impressed and surprised about the different dynamics that this country has as far as mm. where you can visit, where you can live. The country is small, but it packs a big punch. And mm. we, we haven't even really... Uh, scraped the tip of the iceberg. We've been here for just under two and a half years, and we've been to a few places. We've been to Atenas, we've been to Gracia, we've been down to Manuel Antonio, uh, we've been to Cartago, we've been to some places, but mm -hmm. we haven't seen, you know, all of it. And that, to me, as I do more research in different areas like Guanacaste's beaches down the Pacific or Caribbean sides, there's just so many different things to see. There's so many different sort of cultural 
uh, experiences, different foods. Like if you go to the Caribbean side, and these are these are things that now that we live here, we can do little mini vacations in our, in our own country now, which is fantastic. So for me, the biggest, and I think Lisa can probably share in this as well, that it's mm-hmm. for us, it's the surprising is this how much there is in such a small place. Yeah, absolutely. So we drove, we drove one time from Cartago um, down to San Isidro, like that, mm-hmm. all that switchback that goes down. If you guys have made that drive yet, and I'm going to tell you that I can't even, I don't even know how many photos I took on that drive. And it was like every time you'd come around a quarter on that switchback, it'd be a different view. And my husband was driving, and I was like, just taking pictures. And I'm like, okay, I'm done taking pictures. I put my phone down, and then he turned another corner, and I'd be like, taking more pictures. He goes, I thought you were done. I'm like, I know, but look. Like it's just gorgeous. Like it was amazing. And I probably on that trip alone took over 700 photos. Oh my God. That's crazy. (laughs) Yeah. There's just so many like beautiful nooks and crannies. And I always sort of say, you know, for a country that's size of a pinhead, it's amazing what kind of punch this country really has what, you know, what Jess said, like, there's just so many like little things and amazing things to see. And it's just, it's so nice. It's, it's nice to be in a country that can, that can offer up that much stuff. I had a friend call me last night and he was like, Hey, I just got off the phone with this guy at XYZ. He's a good friend of mine. I've known him for years and he built a house in Costa Rica and he's moved back home and, and do you want to buy it? And I'm like, <laughs> well, where is it? You're like, let's start there. Like, I'm like, hey, I, I built a house in America. Do you want to buy it? <laughs> He's like, oh, yeah, that probably, that probably makes sense. I'm like, okay, yeah, well, just send me some details on it. <laughs> and it's not anywhere I want to be. So there's that. That's oh um, so kind of funny. Um, and so what, what challenges have you guys faced that you um, didn't necessarily expect? Well, where we're located, we're up, as I mentioned, we're up pretty high and when we initially came down here, we actually had our, our mountain bikes boxed up and ready to come down on the second trip. Not with us initially. They were with the bigger load of everything else that came down. And so we had, we had the idea that we were going to, because we sold our vehicles in Canada and we came down here, we were just going to do the Uber thing mm-hmm. or bus or what we wanted to do was mountain bike around. And where we live in, with the mountain and the hills to come up here. Driving is something to be desired in this country. And for those of you who know, you know, and it's <laughs> the sidewalks are a dime a dozen, even if you have sides of roads to drive on. So that's out of the equation. So it was a, it's a challenge for us in the sense that we do like to hike and we'd like to run and we like to take the dogs out for walks. So we have to, fi- we have to find places that are, driving distance away in order for us to actually do those things because it's just not you know manageable for the bike rides or the extended ones that we want to do so let's talk about that because i because we didn't get to it yet and so you guys decided to not purchase a vehicle there and um i think is it because you're so close to everything like um i know like where where we are moving to that's just not a possibility. Like, you know, I mean, I probably is, we could probably Uber everywhere, I guess, if we wanted to, there's taxis and stuff like that, but it's not in, um, like the grocery store would be like 10 miles away for us. Yeah. So tell me that decision was made before you came down here or like after you got down here and saw where you were at location wise and then said, yeah, we don't need a vehicle. Yeah, it was, it was a mix of both. When we initially came down, we wanted to, you know, if we didn't need a vehicle, we weren't going to go. 
It wasn't based on anything other than we just didn't want one. We drove through Toronto for decades. And right. the idea of not having to worry about a vehicle and doing things, you know, more physically and just, just to be able to do it was, was the idea. And then we got here and the, the location that we're at offers, you know, Ubers, taxis, there's a bus up, bus stop up the street. So we, we don't have any issues whatsoever to get where we need to go. Nice. The convenience of a vehicle isn't there anymore, but it's not big enough for it doesn't trump over the, 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 you know, the premise of us actually needing it to go and do what we got to do. We're seven kilometers from downtown Alajuela. We've got our big farmer's market, the, the, the various. We've got price marts and groceries and restaurants. We've got everything. We've got city right. mall. So everything is here. So now, should the day come if and when we decide to venture on to a different location, and because of those different dynamics that we spoke of, a vehicle is not out of the equation because a vehicle is more likely going to be necessary for certain places that you look at going, especially if you're more remote, a little bit more off the yeah, grid. Sure. For sure, for sure, for sure. Okay, so um, is there any part of this extraordinary journey that you would do differently? If you like, okay, I know more stuff now. What would you, if you could do anything differently, what would that be? That's kind of a hard question because I, I feel like the journey that we were destined to be on was the right kind of journey because we've learned a lot along the way. It's taught us to um, look at properties differently. It's taught us um, how to research things. It's, it, it's given us connections in the community. I feel like the path that we went on was was fine. It was great. If we were completely to do something differently, maybe maybe in high insight, I'd be like, okay, like this is I have a I have a property sort of in my vision, like in my mind, like our, our goal is to um, have like a bigger piece where we can run retreats and, you know, house up like, um, like groups and, and do things more like on the holistic level. I mean, we're doing that now, but we, you know, we rent space from our local, our local um, people around us who, right. who own, other bigger properties that we can do that. And that's great because we've learned to then build communities. So one of the biggest things that we said that when we left Ontario was to build community with expats, um, be able to not only just offer services, but also be able to refer services and network and, and create that, um, that relationship. And of course, um, one of the biggest things too was to connect with um, Ticos and Tikas and be able to also, you know, bring bring services and mm -hmm. you know and refer people out and and stuff like that. So yeah, we've you know we've been and we're feeling like now that we've been here for two years, like that is really now starting to snowball for us, and we're just we're really loving that. So so you I have become like Costa Rica super connectors. Yeah, like, and that's kind of what we what we set out to do is like make those connections and and bring that network together for sure. Yes, it's so important, so important. So, how can people find first of all you, Lisa, and your property? Do you guys have like one combined website, or do you have different places where they can go to find you? Yeah, we have um, we have our our website for the B&B. So we dropped um, those links for you. Um, I'll put them in the show notes. 
Awesome. And um, for anything to do with like health and wellness and um, you're looking for things like retreats or online coaching, you know, to work on your psychology mindset and your movement and your exercise um, and your weight loss goals. Um, I've given Robin all the information for that as well. So mm -hmm. you guys so can. You guys live, can it says Live in Motion and Lux Life Coaching. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Lux Life Coaching. Um, the the website is luxliferetreats.ca. That's like our primary hub. Okay, I'll, and I'll put everything in the show notes so people can find you and um, be able to connect with you also. Because I think that having someone who is like a super connector that is like this is your other than you know, there's a lot of people that go, well, I know somebody, but they don't make it their mission to go, how can I know the people that other people will know, and then mm -hmm. make them available? And then how do I connect those people together when you go, oh, yes, I know this person, and you'll need this one, this one and this one as well, instead of just the thing. So I love that, that that has been your guys's mission to create that network of people um, to help others on this journey. So that is fantastic. Yeah, thank you. I am. I've enjoyed talking to you guys so much. I can't even tell you. Like, I'm so glad that we found each other, and we will um, touch base again. Um, go on and have a terrific day. I know it's probably the weather's beautiful today. Um, it's going to be 60 and sunny here in Missouri, which is where I'm at today. So I'm super happy about that. I have short sleeves on. Um, <laughs> first time in a long time. <laughs> and um, we will catch up with everybody again. Don't forget to look at the show notes. We'll have all the links to find um, Jeff and Lisa there. And Buena Vida. Buena Vida. Bye, guys. Gracias.